1: This is why Bloodstream Media produces podcasts, blogs, and other forms of content for patients, families, and clinicians impacted by rare and chronic diseases. Visit bloodstreammedia.com to learn more.
0: Hello, friends. I'm Effie Parks. Once a month, I release this extra special episode in a series I call A Rare Collection. It features a few people from the rare disease community, each telling a true story with the same theme. I'm super excited to present the 16th episode in the storytelling series, I can't believe it. I've always been moved by storytelling, and I believe there is so much power in them for both the listener and the storyteller. I'm the luckiest podcaster ever in that this is what I get to do for fun, passion, and purpose. Today's episode features three rare dadvocates. The theme of the show for today is underestimated. The storytellers have the utmost freedom to be creative and to take the theme wherever their heart desires. Here's a story from Ryan Sheedy, dad to Reynolds, who has Costello syndrome.
2: When I think about the word underestimate, I immediately think about an underdog. As a kid, my favorite movie was Rudy. You know, the story of Daniel Rudiger, the young man who was determined to play football for the University of Notre Dame. Man, I must have watched that movie a hundred times when I was a kid. I've actually recently saw it again. On paper, Rudy was too small. He didn't have the grades to go to college. He was dyslexic. He was destined to work in the mill just like everyone in his family had done so. No one in his family had ever gone to college, let alone a prestigious college like Notre Dame. But they all watched on Saturdays together as a family. I've loved this movie for so many reasons, but I love it even more now that I'm a dad. There's something about an underdog story about a person who is underestimated. Rudy was told from an early age that he couldn't. He had his own challenges, but that wasn't going to stop him. Rudy has often said, it is always too soon to quit. In order for Rudy to even get a chance to play football at Notre Dame, he had to be a student. First order of business, Rudy had to make the grades to get enrolled. He pushed, he studied, he got tutored. Ultimately, he got into Holy Cross, a Notre Dame sister's school. And after several tries and many disappointments, he finally was accepted to Notre Dame. All of that hard work had paid off. Now, the next challenge, it was time to work towards getting onto the team. That meant more sacrifice, more disappointments, more being told he couldn't. So, what does all this mean? Well, I'm actually living with real life Rudy. His name is Reynolds. He's one of my three sons. At the age of 18 months, Reynolds was diagnosed with an ultra rare disease called Costello syndrome. Costello is a genetic disorder that affects many parts of the body. There is no cure. Many children struggle to walk, talk, and feed themselves. In his short life, Reynolds has endured more than most in their lifetime. He has spent 103 days in the NICU. He has had countless surgeries. He has a 30-person doctor team. He's had week-long hospital stints. On paper, he is ultra-rare. The most complex, medically fragile kid you would ever meet. But I know, being his dad, knowing him beyond his diagnosis and his chart, Reynolds is the most determined little boy you'd ever meet. When he puts his mind to it, he can do it. It just might take him a little bit longer. Well, I've never thought about the parallels about these two people until today when I was asked to tell this story. At the end of the movie, Rudy got to play one down in the final game of his senior year everything that he'd worked for, sacrifice came down to this one play. The entire stadium was cheering his name. Rudy, Rudy, Rudy. He had so many fans. I mean, I still cry every time I watch it. I cry even harder now that I'm a dad because I see how determination inspires others. These fans were inspired by a story, a person, determination. My Rudy, Reynolds, Because of his diagnosis, his story and his determination, has many fans as well. They all are cheering for Reynolds from the stands, and even some from afar. Reynolds has this electric smile; he is kind; he is such a joy; he knows no different; he pushes. Since birth, Reynolds has been preparing for his big game, being able to walk. He's had many surgeries that needed to be completed before he could do so. He has worked hard in therapy for years. He has struggled. He has fallen down. But on his first day of school, at the age of three and a half, Reynolds walked into that school without his walker, standing ovation from his teachers, nurses, and his mom and dad. Now, walking on his own at four and a half, he has many more uphill battles to go. Reynolds does not eat by mouth. He's nonverbal. He has developmental delays. Many more surgeries in his future. He gets quarterly cancer screen because he's predisposed to childhood cancer and on and on. But Reynolds pushes forward. He inspires his dad, his mom, his brothers, family, friends, teachers, and even strangers from afar. So the moral of the story is, Never underestimate the power of determination. Look what Reynolds and Rudy were able to do when they were handed a tough hand, when on paper it was said that they couldn't do it. Neither one of them knew the word quit. Both were an inspiration to many, and both were an inspiration to me. Reynolds, Reynolds,
1: Reynolds.
0: Here's a story from Stephen Bud Hager, Dad to Sweet Emma, with Kif2A. At the dawning of the new millennium,
1: scientists from across the world were asked what they believe the single greatest scientific discovery of the 20th century was. The response was almost unanimous. Brownian motion. Now, the maths behind it are both elegant and terrifying, and way above my pay grade, but in a nutshell, it pertains to the random, time-dependent behavior of a single particle, and from it came proof for the existence of molecules and atoms. And just like that, the nuclear age was born. The model, devised by Einstein, led to a true revolution in science, not just in physics, but biology and economics, psychology, and most notably for us, mathematics, specifically statistics. Scientists could now predict how an individual would fare across their lifetime. Nowadays, virtually all of our measures of human abilities and qualities use this model. Development, physical strength, intelligence, genetics, personality, mental disorders, trauma, learning disabilities, even talent and creativity. But there's a problem with it. We've known for almost a hundred years now that you can't really predict the trajectory of an individual on the basis of averages and variations within groups of individuals. In other words, trying to predict an individual's life path based on a group of other individuals' lives is, statistically speaking, invalid. It's mathematically illegitimate, and you will almost always end up underestimating them. Our life with the Kartoffel has been a series of underestimations. When we were pregnant with her, I underestimated just how absolutely she would come to define who I was. When we sat on the edge of that hospital bed with a neurologist explaining her condition and that she may only live for a few more months, we underestimated how incredibly resilient she would be. We underestimated how much bureaucratic red tape we would have to go through in order to get her equipment and services. And when those services arrived, we underestimated just how draining it would be to take your child to therapy five days a week. I underestimated just how hard this life would be, how frequently he would rip and gnaw at us. I underestimated how often I would need support, but I also underestimated how readily people would offer that support. Every day I find something new to underestimate. Living with a child who has a rare disorder is living in a world filled with medical reports and scientific journals and all manner of things that use, sometimes dogmatically even, the model of individual trajectory that I mentioned earlier. The same model that we already know is statistically misguided when applied to human development. Now, this isn't to belittle or belie the wondrous advances modern medicine has made. I'm well aware that without them, the Kartoffel would have died long ago. And I very much want them to keep making progress for her and her friends. But for me, the antidote to constantly underestimating her isn't in a graph or a chart. It isn't more data. It's something else. Something I will never see in an EEG or lab report. The antidote is her.
0: Here's a story from Christopher Andrade, dad to Logan, who has Noonan syndrome.
3: Hi, I'm Chris Andrade. Along with my wife, Katie, we are raising our three beautiful children, Liliana, Logan, and Liberty. When Effie asked me to talk about underestimated and what that meant to me, I sat for a moment and thought, the first things that come to mind are the typical underestimating how long a project's going to take at work, the amount of time it takes to get from point A to point B, or how expensive and long a home renovation project's gonna be. In reality, I think the biggest underestimation for me was my love for my children. I always knew I wanted children. I grew up in a house where my mom was a midwife. I have six brothers and two sisters, countless nieces and nephews. I loved babies. I loved holding them. I loved rocking them. I loved working hard to get them to sleep or figuring out what made them laugh. To see them giggle and smile, it melted my heart. So I knew, of course, I would love my children. It'd be the same, but it wasn't. It was so vastly different, and it was so much better than I could have anticipated. I remember the first time I laid eyes on my daughter, Liliana. She was in a little bassinet. I reached my hand in and put my finger inside of her tiny hand. We looked eye to eye, And I was lost. Oh, it was such a beautiful moment. And each moment after that with each of my children has been equally treasured in my heart. I love my children fiercely. And I would do almost anything to protect them, to love them, to educate them, to guide them in this journey. When we had Logan, things were changing. I could tell something was off. The way the doctors worked with him, the countless sicknesses he had early on in his life, When he was six months old, he was diagnosed with Noonan syndrome, PTPN-11. My wife called me on a work day and said, "Hun, I think this is it. I googled it. It all lines up. It all makes sense. So, me being right next to my computer, I did the same. I googled it. I said, no, no, this can't be it. No, I I couldn't accept it. He was my perfect son. I didn't want anything other than perfection. And then I realized... He was my perfect son, regardless of any condition or anything else that came up. He was my son, Logan, and I loved him fiercely. Nothing else mattered. Nothing would change that. It was a long journey, this diagnosis. It was a struggle to get through the first six months, figuring out the next thing to do, the next appointment. We're inundated. I underestimated how painful it would be to be a parent. I remember the day that we were sent in the doctor's office, and the oncologist came in to tell us our son had cancer it was probably the hardest thing i've ever experienced next to losing my mother i just sat there stunned taking it all in i couldn't take this i didn't know how to handle it i couldn't process it for the next year and a half i think we just muddled through our lives making it to next appointment to next appointment we prayed As a family, we leaned on each other, we got support from family members, but truly I just bottled it all up. I couldn't process it. I just had to be there for him, be as strong as I could for my wife, and get our family through this. For the next year and a half, I held it all in. And then the day came where we got the word that his cancer was resolved. I cried like I hadn't cried in years. It was like the first time I could finally breathe. I underestimated just how powerful our love is for our children and how painful it is to watch them hurt, to watch them struggle, and to watch them endure things that they shouldn't have to. I wish so badly that I could have changed it for him. I wish so badly I could have taken some of those hurts for him, but I couldn't. I just had to be there for him, and that was brutally hard. I still get choked up when I think about those days. As we process forward, We went to the next thing and the next thing, and came his heart surgery. I knew it was going to be difficult. I prepared myself. But what was crazy was I prepared myself for the surgery. I would processed out and figured out how to get through it. I underestimated what would happen after. Walking into his room with his chest tubes in, sutures through his chest, tubes down his throat, watching him wake up and just cry out. It was so brutal. I wish I had prepared myself for that moment, for the moments after where we had to train him up, teach him to walk again with tubes coming out of his chest. I was heartbroken watching those moments. I wish I had prepared myself better, but I didn't. I underestimated the journey after the surgery, the journey to recovery, and that was a hard journey. When I started advocating on Facebook and Instagram, I underestimated the emotional toll it would take on me. My main purpose at the start was to educate others as to what Noonan syndrome was and how it was affecting Logan on a day-to-day. I wanted the world to know just how wonderful and fiercely brave this little kid was. But along the way, you start getting these beautiful messages from other families. Sharing in their joys and heartaches is the thing that I didn't anticipate. These were kids I didn't know. And yet, I sat in bed crying as I read messages, laughing, smiling. It was beautiful and painful. I think of boys like Tate and Octavius, whose lives were cut way too short and whose families have to endure such heartache. There are not enough words in the English language to express just how sorry I am for these families to have to endure these tragedies. Here I was, a man across the country, crying my eyes out for children I never knew and never met. I came here to express and educate my journey. And I was being blown away by the journeys of others because of it.
0: I hope you've been enjoying this podcast. If you like what you hear, please share this show with your people. And please make sure to rate and review it on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also head over to Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter to connect with me and stay updated on the show. If you're interested in sharing your story or if you have anything you would like to contribute, please submit it to my website at effieparks.com.